Hello everyone, and welcome to The Cluttered Desk. This is Jason Bings, the host of The Cluttered Desk. I'm a K-12 educator, administrator, and tech coach in Oklahoma. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at uh, Jason Bings, and you can find the link to my blog in the notes for this podcast as well. So the purpose of The Cluttered Desk is to help clear up some of the so-called clutter that's related to education. And in case you don't know, education can be a very complex and cluttered topic, so my goal is to help clear away some of the clutter. With that said, let's see what clutter we can clear from the desk today. So recently I was reminded of a conversation that I had with a student while serving as an elementary principal. When I would have students in my office, it was a habit of mine to ask them about their plans for the future. And I did this for several reasons. First, I genuinely wanted to know uh, just because I was interested in their lives and wanted to make sure that, that they had some goals and plans. Um, second, I wanted them thinking about it. No matter what their age was, I felt it was important that they start thinking about that early. And whatever I could do to facilitate that, I would do. And then third, it gave us a chance to have a conversation about what it takes to achieve that career goal. So if the student was in my office for a behavior incident, uh, this conversation could segue into the relationship between the behavior and their career goals. Does it hinder or does it help them in meeting these goals and, and what could be done to prevent that from happening again? I would also ask how I could assist them in that process. So this line of questioning often got mixed results, but on most occasions it provided the student with enough time to calm down and we could have a genuine conversation about their behavior. This calm conversation also allowed me to get a better understanding of what might be going on in their life and how that might be related to their behavior. Now, I'm a firm believer that Newton's third law goes well beyond physics, that it extends even into the psyche. And what I mean by that is there's a reason for every behavior we see in students, similar to the action-reaction principle of Newton's third law. Many times, it's like a break shot in a game of pool. One action, striking the cue, passes from the cue ball to the first ball into all the others. Likewise, when a student acts out in an inappropriate manner, it can often be traced back to events outside the school day that are much like the collisions in the break shot. It passes from one person to another and affects more people as it moves. Now, as I mentioned earlier, one particular conversation came to mind. I don't really know what brought it back up, but it really resonated with me as I thought about it. This conversation was with a, with a uh, particularly challenging student. Uh, the student had experienced much of his life without a parent because of incarceration and had lost the biggest stabilizer in his life with the passing of his grandmother. This student had experienced significant trauma in his life and often acted out in class or on the playground. And the two of us had had multiple conversations about his actions. And he was probably the most honest student about his behavior that I ever worked with. He would walk in, tell me exactly what he did, and tell me why. He wouldn't do that with everyone, but he had developed enough trust in me and knew that I would be fair to him, and the consequences for his actions would be fair as well. <clears throat> On one of these occasions, we had a conversation about his future and what he wanted to do when he grew up. This student shared that his goal in life was to be on pit bulls and parolees. When he said that, it just really resonated with me and, and broke my heart. 
so much had happened in this young person's life that the best he thought he could do would be to be a cast member of a show with the prerequisite is to have a a run-in with the law. He had witnessed his parents, his aunts and uncles and siblings work outside the law and either saw that as normal or somehow thought that he was destined to do the same. How much does a student have to go through to have that mindset by the age of 10? I couldn't begin to imagine. I mean, his goal was not to become a welder or a doctor, not a teacher or a fireman or an electrical engineer. His goal was to get out of jail and get a second chance by working with dogs on this rescue ranch. At that point, our conversation began to shift and we started talking about how he didn't need the second chance but could start out with that as his goal. He could work with rescue animals without needing to go to jail first. With that in mind, along with other factors in his life, we began to work towards placement at a boys ranch for this student. This would fit his interests and and put him in an environment where he stood a chance of having greater success. It would allow him to set some goals, have structure, and help remove some of the obstacles that he was currently facing. Unfortunately, we were unsuccessful in that endeavor. But I still think about what kind of trauma this young person had to have gone through to normalize that way of thinking and to get to a point where he thought his only option was to go to jail before he could actually get a shot in life. I know the teachers that this student had all the way through and every one of them loved him and did everything they could to show how much they cared. The counselors that worked with him did the same and despite all of that, he had experienced enough that he still thought this was his only path to success. So how do you help a student in that situation? I mean, it can be tiring and make you wonder if it's all worth it. And I really wish I had a great answer for you, but I don't. We continue to love them, look out for them, and offer them hope. We put people in their lives that can provide the best opportunity for them. We hope that it makes a difference. We may see it soon. We may see it later in their school career. We may see it after they graduate from an alternative school, We may never see the outcome we hoped for, but we cannot give up. We must continue to be the light in the lives of our students. We must provide whatever hope, support, and compassion our students need because they may not have it anywhere else. We may be the highlight of their day, and we cannot waste it. Well, that's what's been cluttering my desk, and hopefully this clears some of the clutter for you as well. Until next time, this is Jason, and thanks for listening to The Cluttered Desk.